Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Parallel Wars, the war at the end of the world. I'm your dungeon master this season, Ben Potts, and today we have a little something extra for you. Two of our players have unfortunately had to back out at the last minute, so I threw together a little half session that our remaining players will hopefully not get themselves killed in. Joining me today, we have Angus McNichol, playing the ever-surprising human monk Barsias. How you doing, Angus? I'm still here. Still here, and we have Tom Grundy, who will be playing the ever-disgusting Goblin Bard Covered. How are you doing, Tom? Uh, great, thank you. Very, very well. Feeling very disgusting. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Connor and Yana will be back with us next week. Gentlemen, are you ready for a little unexpected adventure? Born ready. Very good. We resume our story a mere two days after the events of our last session, where you all were on the brink of being tossed over the edge of the world by the dodgy Salvation Militia. After your rescue by the adventuring party known as the Benefactors, you are now traveling to Garadin, the city at the center of the world. The Benefactors are, of course, now down one party member after the tragic loss of their leader, Cameron Lightblade. He actually died rescuing you, Cupboard, if I recall correctly. You have been traveling two days through the desert. Uh, it's been a, a tad rough. All that you have to eat every day are these surprisingly juicy berries that the centaur woman Zabidi hands out in the morning. And they're, you know, they're delicious. Uh, they take the edge off the hunger for the day, but it's not exactly filling. So you're looking forward to getting back to civilization where you can get a full meal, uh, at least one full meal a day. Um, I haven't been to civilization in years. I love meals. Or at least somebody giving me dinner in the morning. That's great. Normally I have to go and pick it myself. That's a good point. This is, this is yeah. perfect for you. Um, yeah, luxury. It's not working out so well for Bringor. Uh, whatever diet he was on before being captured by the Salvation Militia and marched here, uh, it, it doesn't seem to agree with this, this juicy berry one a day. So he's actually been doing quite a bit of throwing up. Um, seems like he's getting some kind of food sickness. Uh, he's not doing too well. And then uh, Shax, you know, for whatever reason, the desert uh, sand, the desert Sunlight is just hell on her uh, cat fur, and she's not doing too well either. But the, once the uh, sand gets in there, it starts to itch. I mean, it's just a nightmare. That's absolutely true, and anybody who's ever been a cat can tell you that that is true. Um, so the two of them are not doing so well, but the two of you, you're doing all right. Uh, and if you haven't already, go ahead and take off the mark of exhaustion uh, that you had before, I believe you. Yep. Very good. Uh, as you are traveling through the desert, uh, the... Uh, benefactors at the head, uh, Jayhuk, uh, Bridalbeard, and Zabidi and Stimplewimple, uh, call for a halt. And uh, the two of you, uh, along with the 70 or so prisoners that you all have been traveling with uh, since your rescue from the Salvation Militia... Uh, ex-prisoners. They're not prisoners anymore. That's true. They're ex-prisoners. Uh, come across... They're free people. That is true. Everyone is free now. Uh, but you come across a rather horrific scene, which you should now be able to see if you have the Roll20 open. Uh, and at this point, I, I would uh, I would like to give a shout-out. Credit where credit is due. Uh, we're using some pre-made maps for this podcast, and although the listeners probably won't get to see these maps, I want to give a shout-out to Seafoot Games, who makes the maps that I've been using so far. Uh, last time, we used his Temple of Betrayal map, and this week we're using the Desert Ambush and Desert Gorge maps. These maps are really great, uh, so if you want to find some pre-made maps for your home game, check out Seafoot Games, that's S-E-A, Foot Games, on Patreon. You all call for a halt as you see uh, what looks like a cluster of bodies lying in the sand uh, ahead of you. Uh, it looks like you've stumbled upon some kind of campsite, and that campsite has been uh, attacked by something. Uh, you see the benefactors dismounting their respective mounts and looking around, trying to figure out what's going on. I think I'll stride to the head of the uh, the column and have a look at it. Okay, what are you uh, trying to figure out? I'm just going to get a closer look. All right, go ahead and make an investigation check. How long have they been dead? That kind of stuff. Did that rule? It did. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, they're all completely alive. Yeah, that's a three for Barsias <laughs> investigation. Um, these people could be sleeping, for all that you can tell. It, it has to I be said, to you probably haven't seen a whole lot of people in uh, your your wanderings through the land. I think I'll go and poke them with the end of the staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't move, which just seems rude. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, cupboard will uh, cupboard will investigate them for uh, potential stop uh, snot donation. Perfect. Go for it. Seventeen. Okay. All right. With a seventeen from our uh, goblin bard, you investigate these bodies. You turn some of them over. You you know stick your finger uh, up in there, hunting for some snot. Uh, sadly, it seems that their time in the desert has uh, dried out their. Um, I never thought I would need to come up with a word for glands. There you go. Thank you. Uh, the d- time in the desert has dried out their glands. Their noses are um, sadly very dry. Sadly However, devoid. Yes. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a side effect of your investigation, you do manage to uh, realize that these people, maybe they've only been dead a few hours. The, the bodies uh, have not, rigor mortis has not set in. Um, their, their skin is still reg- relatively pliant to the touch. Uh, you also uh, find some of them have, or, or all of the ones that you investigate at any rate, have what look like uh, small spines uh, embedded in them. And why don't you go ahead and make a nature check for me? Another 17. Look at that. Cupboard is killing the in- intelligence checks this time. Uh, these spines, you've seen them before uh, a few times, actually, over your, your travel the last couple of days. Uh, they look like cactus spines, although you can't imagine why these people would have filled themselves up full of cactus spines. Seems a little clumsy or careless. There aren't any cactuses around here, are there? Uh, not in this general area, no. Um, you found cacti are generally hard to find in this desert, which is ironic, I suppose. Um, do they look like they've been shot with these spines? I suppose that's difficult to tell, but I, I, you know what, what I mean is, do, do they have loads of them in them, or just like one in the neck or whatever? Uh, there seem to be a fair few in each one, and they they seem to have suffered. You can see bruising on the skin, uh, more blunt trauma. So it seems almost like the uh, the cactus spines are kind of a side effect of whatever it is that killed these people. That's interesting. Where did they come from? Sorry, there must be tracks in the sand if it's fairly fresh. Yep. Where did they come from? Where did go whatever killed them go to? Sure, go ahead and make a survival check. It's a 10 for Barsias. Uh You are able to... You don't see any tracks heading away from this place in any particular direction. Uh, it seems like either you're not on top of your game or the wind is covering up uh, any tracks that you might find. However, you do find uh, that the, the campsite uh, has tracks interspersed uh, among it. You uh, see what looks to be uh, barefoot uh, human footprints. Like you see... That's me. Well, that might be you. Are you walking in the desert barefoot? Of course I am. Oh, dear God. Um, Well, besides you... You get the sand between your toes. It's quite, you know, exfoliating. uh, You you see these these folks, uh, these folks' booted feet, and then you just see just uh, uh, bare-looking humanoid feet. um, Kind of slighter. Uh, more slender than yours, Barsias. Seeing I've got fat feet. We've all been thinking it. <laughs> are, are we saying that Barsias has tiny feet, or is that something we're going to say about him? <laughs> I mean, you're a you're a mixed martial artist. I have to think. Uh, that's alleged. <laughs> <laughs> the three benefactors seem to come to some kind of conclusion among themselves, uh, and they turn. The um the the dwarf Jehep Bridalbeard uh hops onto her giant boar where everyone can see her and kind of calls the prisoners together. She says, "All right, now three people say what? We're not ah, prisoners. I'm so sorry. I wonder whether this is this is a Freudian. These are, yeah. I I, I I wonder whether we've been rescued, but actually we're we're not. We're less free than we think we are. Gosh, let me come up with a word because free people is a little bit too wordy." Travelers. She calls all the travelers together. She says, Now, we don't want anybody to worry, but obviously you've realized something has happened to these people. We've investigated. Uh, Zabidi believes she has some idea of what's going on, and she's going to go investigate. The rest of you need to stay close. Uh, Stimpy and I are going to uh, protect you. You have nothing to worry about. Uh, That said, if there are any among you who would like to travel with Zabidi to investigate what has happened to these people, uh, we would very much appreciate it. Well, I think the uh, original order was to stand close to Zabidi, so we'll do that. I'll do that. 
I'll do that as well. I'm not going to assume what Cobra's doing. Uh, I will. Right. I will also do that. The two of you step forward, and Zabidi nods to you. She, um, she, she's. Uh, I, I don't know that I've described her. She is uh, obviously a centaur. Uh, she has the the lower body that's like, like the uh, the the body of some kind of dark gray, dark blue pony, and just this long mane of hair going down her back, and these kind of yellowy eyes that you know as they lock onto yours you get the impression that she's not entirely of this world as far as standard humanoids go not so much not so much this one hmm. and she says uh your bravery is appreciated and she uh turns and she gestures uh and you see what you had missed before there appear to be uh tracks and drag marks uh from where uh looks like three bodies were dragged away from the camp uh down the ridge line there's no ridge. How did you miss I don't that cover? Said ridge, but they're dragged away. And she says, uh, "There may be prisoners left alive to rescue. We must make haste. We shall make haste. Let's do it. Come on, pony. Uh, right. Come on, pony lady. Let's do it." The two of you follow the pony lady across the desert. After about ten or so minutes of travel, she uh, kind of lifts a hand for you to stop, and you see her uh, kind of. Is that just so the cupboard can catch up? <laughs> <laughs> With his little goblin legs scurrying. <laughs> I think that's a handy side effect, uh, Barsai. As you come to an easy stop with your monk speed, uh, and Cupboard is <laughs> coming up behind. Uh, she mutters under her breath, and you uh, see this uh, kind of dark energy start to radiate out from her. Um, out of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, shadows start to appear uh, and form around your bodies, kind of cloaking you a little bit. Um, covered as you run up and are engulfed in the shadowy aura as well, she says, I can hear them up ahead. We will need to approach cautiously. I would like... Am I the only one that's slightly worried that we're being cloaked in a shadow? That's that's up to you. Well, I'm going to have you make a roll now. Uh, okay, summary. what do you need me to roll? Yeah, I need uh, both of you to go ahead and make stealth checks as you're uh, creeping up on whatever these uh, attackers are. Oh, Jesus. And, I have really bad rolls today. And I have good news for you. Because of the spell she mm. just cast, which is called Pass Without Trace, you get to add 10 to whatever your stealth roll is. Hey, 18! 18, there you go! <laughs> Perfect. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it should have been closer to 25. Oh, Pass Without Trace is a lovely spell. Holy yeah, cow! Um, so I got a natural yeah. 20 for the NPC uh, for a total of 32. She's not that good at stealth, listeners. She has a plus two to her dexterity. I just rolled real well. I don't know how a, hen- a centaur stealths. Like, do they get on their, their knees? Yeah, kind of shuffle along on Yeah, it seems, really, it seems really inconvenient. Oh, oh my goodness. The, the goblin bard, of course, exceeds the centaur for a total of 33 with Pass Without Trace. So, Barsias, you are... Um, I'm the hold up here. Yeah, yeah, you're in the unfamiliar position of being the noisiest member of the group. Uh, <laughs> as you creep along the sand uh, atop a desert I think ridge. that makes me the decoy, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah. Uh, until uh, you see a couple of ridges below you, a couple of groups of figures. So you're on this uh, north ridge here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, besides Zabidi, and to the southeast uh, you can see uh, a cluster of several... Um, Figures, uh, feminine figures that appear to be dancing in, in kind of a circle uh, around this cluster of cacti. And looking at these cacti that these figures are dancing around, um, they, they don't look healthy. These cacti are kind of uh, yellowing. You, you assume it's not a problem with water, since cactuses tend to be pretty good with water, but there's something about these cacti that they seem not to be in very good health. And these figures are just dancing around them. And then to your southwest, uh, you see a smaller group of figures. You see uh, what looks to be like an actual scarecrow uh, set on a pole uh, protruding up out of the sand. Uh, And then you see uh, three humanoids, um, a dwarf, an elf, and a a gnome uh, that are huddled against uh, the ridge wall. So do they look like they're being intimidated by the scarecrow? Go ahead and make an insight check. Four. <laughs> you know, who knows how these tall folk think of scarecrows? Good I mean, point. Very good point. There's baffling the baffling manlings. Who, who knows what they with their with their weird thin faces and their their lack of long noses. It's really yeah. hard to tell. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I don't really like the look of those cactuses, to be perfectly honest. And I'm counting, what, five figures dancing around them? Uh, it should be six. Oh, yep, there's another one. Yep, there's more little things. Uh, you see Zabidi kind of looking over this situation, and then she turns to the two of you and she says quietly, I believe we have found our culprits. It appears that these are desert dryads, that uh, something mm. appears to have gone wrong with their host plants. I suspect... Are they desert two dryads? I'm sorry? Are they desert two dryads? <laughs> are you making some kind of joke? Trying to. Don't annoy the pony lady! Uh, yes. Well, I believe... I don't know that the three of us could successfully take all of them on at once, but since our priority would seem to be to rescue these prisoners, here is what I propose. I will engage the dryads, keep them occupied. I will need the two of you to descend the ridge and uh, get the prisoners away from here. Don't you need some help? I mean, there's six of them to one of you, and there appears to be three prisoners unguarded by anything other than that scarecrow which might be nothing. She nods and says, I suppose that is a good point. And she uh, twists her hands in the air uh, and starts muttering and uh, popping out of the sand next to you. You suddenly see these things. Uh, They are, you see what are basically these uh, giant uh, lizard-like things. Uh, They have uh, gray, scaly skin, uh, kind of narrow... Uh, reptilian eyes and tongues that kind of slip slip in and out of their mouths, uh, tasting the dry desert air. Uh, they are crouched low to the ground. Um, oh, I'm concerned. They just clamber up uh, out of the desert sands, and she uh, walks up to them, um, but they seem to be waiting for Zabidi's command. And she says, I think I'll be able to keep them occupied. I think you will be able to keep them occupied. Okay, let's go get the prisoners. Uh, let's go ahead and get roll for initiative. I'm gonna add Barsias. Gonna add Cupboard. Oh my goodness, me and the duff rolls today. I hope you can manage to beat up some bad guys because I'm gonna be just slapping them. My rolls are brilliant yeah. today. Look at that. Yeah, That's yeah, keep it up. <laughs> All right, twenty-two for Cupboard and a seven for Barsias. As Zabidi uh, starts to lead her giant lizards off to attack these dryads. Uh, You see her mutter something else again, and this just uh, glowing uh, radius starts to emanate from her. Uh, And above her body, you see uh, this massive figure just kind of rear up. You see uh, what looks like an enormous bear just standing there in the desert air, and it makes these bear noises. And uh, the two of you are uh, filled with vitality as this bear appears. I have added 10 temporary hit points to your character sheets. Uh, okay. Which you should be able to see as the image of this bear fills you with vitality. Cupboard, you are up first. Excellent. Uh, right, okay. Well, do we definitely know that the scarecrow is hostile? No. You can make an investigation. Well, I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah, you can make an investigation check on the scarecrow if you want to. That's a 14 investigation for Cupboard. Uh, so with a 14, uh, as far as you can tell, it's just an ordinary scarecrow. So it's right. So it doesn't look animate. It's not moving. It is currently not moving. I guess, Barsias, What do you? What is your view? Should we just descend the ridge and walk towards the prisoners, or attack the scarecrow from behind, assuming that it's going to move at some point, or what? I'm going to assume it's hostile, and I'm going to rush it. Cool. But you're way ahead of me. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. I'll disguise myself as one of the dryads. Oh, but interesting. I've got the disguise self spell. I always knew he was prickly. <laughs> Anything else? Um, is, do I have a bonus action? You do. You get Ooh. a bonus action every turn. Okay, in that case, I will... Looks like you have two weapon fighting, uh, bardic inspiration, and your goblin nimble escape ability that you can take as a bonus action. I will do bardic inspiration on my barefooted friend here. All right, perfect. Uh, Barsias, you now get a 1d6 that you can add to an attack roll, a saving throw, or an ability check. Cool. Alright. I'm not quite there yet, though. Um, even though I can move 40 feet, is that just walking, or can you increase that with a run? Uh, you can take the dash action, if you would like. 
uh, to double your movement speed. To double it. All right. You now Ooh. have an 80-foot movement speed. Great. I think my, my key ability allows me to dash as a, a bonus action rather than to use up my main action. Uh, if you want to spend a key point, you can dash as a bonus action. Oh, let's do that. I'm just going to appear next to that scarecrow and I'm going to hobble it. All right. Going up to that scarecrow, go ahead and, you know, do your do your monk thing. Knock off one of my key points. There we go. Uh, okay, so, bing, all right, beside it. Of course, this has to be described as, uh, you know, one of those cool kind of monk jump things where you just kind of boing. Absolutely. You are flipping, you are jumping, you run towards the scarecrow, you take a flying leap, and you're kicking it in the face with your bare fork and feet. Uh, I think I might use the staff, actually, on the first hit. Then you're hitting oh. it with a staff. Hidden it with a staff. Okay, so watch me roll a one. Here we go. Okay. Oh, that is okay. a 15 to hit. That does hit the Scarecrow. I assume you're using your staff two-handed. I didn't realize it was an option, but yes. Two-handed staff, and you said I can add a d6? Uh, if you're making an attack roll uh, and you don't know if you're going to hit, you can add a d6 to the roll. But you can't, ah, add, but it I can't add it to the damage. That's right. Ah, okay. Well, in that case, I think we're kind of there then. All right. Uh, you strike against the side of the scarecrow, uh, and up close, it's rather horrific looking. You see, uh, what looks to have been just kind of, uh, stuffed with sand, uh, inside, like, a flayed human skin. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, very nasty looking. Wow. Gross. As you smack into this thing, you, uh, experience resistance against it. Mm -hmm. Like you're hitting something really hard. Uh, mm -hmm. and the scarecrow turns towards you. Uh, and does indeed appear to be hostile. Okay, well, it would be now anyway. Yeah. Even if it was my best friend, it would be hostile now. <laughs> That's... Um, it's, so it's a hum it's human skin full of sand? Yep. Yep. Somebody emptied out a human and filled it full of sand. <laughs> That's inventively gross. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Cupboard, you're up. Excellent. Uh, right, okay. So, Balsas, have you attacked the Scarecrow, or are you just standing? I have indeed. I smacked it one. Excellent, okay. And did it take much damage? Um, I don't know how much it took. I know how much I did. Yeah, okay. he, he dealt uh, 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Seems like maybe it didn't take all of that damage. Okay, I am going yeah. to I'm going to go walk up to the prisoners. Can I do that? Can I move that far? Uh, not from where you are. You didn't move last turn. Um, but you've got 30 feet of movement, or six squares, so you can get about One, halfway two, there. Three. Okay, I'll, I guess I'll do that. I think I'm so bardically inspired until I use it. Or does that only last a turn? It uh, lasts for ten minutes. Oh, okay, great. Um, the other prisoners tied up. Uh, looking at them, it appears that their wrists are bound with some kind of um, spiky vines, which looks markedly uncomfortable. Okay, I like them already. <laughs> oh Jesus! Is the um? It looks like they're pressed up against a wall. Can they? Can they climb that mm -hmm. wall? How high is that wall? Um, the wall's only five feet or so. They could climb it. At the moment, they are, uh, huddled. They are seated. Um, in, in game terms, they would count as prone. So they could get up there. Uh, might be easier if they had the free use of their hands. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want them to get up there. I'm wondering whether I could, wondering whether I could, uh, I've, I've got the silent image spells. So I'm wondering if I could cast that, try and scare them into running through the canyon to the left. Hmm. Um, to get them out of harm's way, but I don't want it to backfire. So, for example, if I cast, if I created another mind flayer and popped it, <laughs> this is going to be your go-to, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, why not? Like there, for example, I'm hoping mm -hmm. that they would go ah and run off towards there. To, to well, it has to be said that uh, out of the few things in the world that are more terrifying than a scarecrow created using a flayed human skin, a mind flayer is probably among them. Yeah. Okay. Um, given that I didn't... The more worrying fact is that people know what these things are. <laughs> can, can you... That fills me with terror. <laughs> can, um, uh, just out of interest, could I, could I have moved last turn? And did I, did I just forget to? Or did I do my other stuff instead of moving? You just decided not to. Idiot. Idiot. Let, let me, let me briefly... So, the way combat in D&D &D works, uh, each turn, uh, you get an action, a bonus action, and a movement action. Hmm. Um, most most turns, you'll only get your action and your movement. Yeah. Uh, you can increase your movement if you take the dash action, or some spells will be able to help with that. Um, and that's your turn. And then outside of your turn, you can get your reaction, 
which is something that you can take if a stimulus happens. Yeah. So if you're fighting an enemy and they move out of your reach, you can use your reaction to take an attack of opportunity on them. Yeah. Uh, so broadly speaking, that is how combat works in D&D. Okay, cool. All right. I will create a silent image of a mind flare. Why not? I can't. I don't. I mean, that's the only D and D monster I know, so that will be my go-to for the time being. And I will create it there. And I want. I want them to run, sort of there-ish. Uh, I really wish I had a mind flare token that I could stick on the map, well, but I don't. So we're just have to get one for next time. Given the predilection that I'm displaying, do you think it would be wise to get a mind flare token for next time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to oh. go ahead and uh, use an Illithid Sovereign to represent the Mind Flare. There you go. You can control it, you can move it, you can place it wherever you want. I'll uh, I'll pop it there. I'll draw you a Mind Flare the next time. I'll have to Google what it looks like. Uh, and I'll <laughs> cast Silent Image. There a we bit go. like Cthulhu only thinner. Well, precisely, yeah. Go ahead and make an Intimidation check to scare the prisoners. 14. 14. Lovely. Yeah, I think that'll be enough to, to sort of get them up and moving. Uh, so at the end of this turn, I'll have the prisoners uh, start running away. Excellent. All right. It is the Scarecrow's turn. The Scarecrow uh, turns to face you, Barsias, and as these empty uh, eye holes in the flayed skin look upon you, I need you to go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. That is a 10. That is a failure. Uh, Jeez, oh. The Scarecrow scarecrow targets you with its terrifying glare ability. Uh, Uh And as you fail that saving throw... um, Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a question. Do you want to add your Bardic Inspiration? Yes, please. All right. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Okay. 1d6. It's a four. four. There you go. For a 14. There you go. Teamwork. Uh, you okay. feel your your body start to seize up as this thing looks into your eyes. Uh, but then you uh, remember Cupboard's word of encouragement as you dash down here and you shrug it off. I just remember he's singing and decided I'd rather be here than over there. <laughs> you remember my lusty singing about snot on the way here and you're filled with Inspiration. <laughs> Revulsion. <laughs> it is now your turn, Barsias. I'm going to try and stick the end of my staff through one of those blooming eyes. Go for it. Right. Um, I take it I'm no longer bardically inspired this turn. That is correct. Because I've used it to... Yep, okay. So I will just go for the attack roll. You've forgotten my dulcet tones. Oh, no. That's a natural oh, one. Dear. For our oh, no. poor monks. So you, you swipe at it with the, the quarterstaff, but you are still a little bit rattled from that glare that it gave you. So your quarterstaff flies off to the side and you miss. Okay, but I'm going to go with the bonus action. Um, go for it. And I'm going to I'm going to follow up. As, as, as I pass by it, I'm going to bring the elbow in. Go for it. Cool. That's a 15. That'll do it. All right. That's not bad. Six points of bludgeoning damage. Again, as your elbow jabs into this thing, it meets a lot of resistance. And you, you feel like uh, there's some kind of supernatural durability to this creature, at least with regards to your uh, your quarterstaff and your, your fists. The prisoners are going to start running away, scared by the mind flare. I guess they have their action to dash, don't they? Okay, uh, that'll do it for that round. It is Cupboard's turn again. Right. Uh, okay. I am going to. We don't actually need to defeat this scarecrow. We just need to get the prisoners away. This might be true. It doesn't make sense to get embroiled in a damaging fight if we don't need to. How um, how nimble does the scarecrow look? Is it is it sort of rooted in position? I mean, a, a crucial a crucial point. Is it on a staff? Like, is it is it rooted in place as scarecrows often are, or is he is he scampering about on his on his mobile unfettered legs? Uh, at the moment, it seems to be uh, stuck on a, a stick that's just protruding from the ground. Cool. All right. In that case, I'm going to scarper after the prisoners, um, and I will shout helpfully, uh, Oi, barefoot! Come here! Leave it! Perfect. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for your turn. It's the Scarecrow's turn. Uh, the Scarecrow, having found its glare ineffective, is going to target uh, the monk with uh, some of its claw attacks. Yay! Which... Bring it! Uh, I believe that's going to be two hits, a 20 and a 16. Ooh. 20 and 16, yep, both hit. Uh, and I'm going to need you to make two wisdom saving throws. Oh my goodness me. Right, two wisdom saving throws coming up. Why, wis- why wisdom saving throws? Because I'm very wise. Right. You're All so right. you're so wise that you don't get hurt I'm by I'm so slap. wise I can't roll a blooming wisdom save to save myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's wrong with your dice today? I don't know. <laughs> Alright, so you take 10 points of slashing damage, and uh, well, yep. your, your first wisdom save you succeed, but with your second wisdom save you get another natural one. You are now frightened until the end of the Scarecrow's next turn. Uh, so Righto. What does Frightened do for me? A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight, and you can't move, willingly move closer to the source of your fear. I can willingly move away from it, though. Absolutely, you can. However, the Scarecrow, seeing the prisoners uh, fall away, is mm-hmm. going to hop down off of its staff and start moving off towards cupboard. You can use your reaction to take an attack of opportunity against it if you would like to. I will do, but it will be at disadvantage, is that correct? That's right, because you are frightened. I am frightened. Okay, 15 still hits. Wow, okay. Here we go, so that's what, 4 bludgeoning? Probably doesn't do very much. Probably not. Alright, Borsias, it's your turn. Um, You're terrified of this thing. You can hear uh, in the other direction just sounds of combat going on as these lizards are gnarling on these uh, cactuses and these dryads. Uh, you see a mind flayer down to your south, although you, you know, have an idea. Probably it's um. not <laughs> real. I think it's the same one who keeps following us. In a, in, a, in a fit of deja vu, you spot a mind flayer. <laughs> <laughs> Equally incongruous. <laughs> mm. Okay, so the problem is I cannot get closer to this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I basically have to go around it if I want to follow the prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have some stuff you can throw, don't you? I do have a dart, I think. I always wonder what the point of that was. A dart. Dart, here we go. Um, I'll need to roll two again, won't I? It'll be disadvantaged. Yeah, pretty much. Correct. That is an 11. I... Uh, that, mm-hmm. I believe, will, yeah, that will actually hit. Oh, okay. So your dart is now sticking out of the scarecrow. Seems not to notice it that much, but uh, it definitely did some damage. Uh, I'm going to move up and around it, so I'm going to go. I'm no closer. We'll we'll say that's fine. Sure. Uh, Cupboard, it is your turn. There is this big scary scarecrow up in your business. Hmm. Do scarecrow note? I position myself on top of the cliff. What are you? Are you going to leap on it? Of course. That's how these things are done. <laughs> is um? Do scarecrows feel fear? Go ahead and make a. Uh, we'll say a nature check. What is it with cupboard and the intelligence checks this this I game know, session? But I would put money on it being no. This is gonna be this is gonna be a thing like Yana blowing the shit out of anything that. <laughs> okay. uh, that is an eighteen. So with an eighteen, you know that scarecrows that have been animated by this kind of nature magic are uh, indeed immune from frightened conditions. Right. Okay. So I can't deploy my mind flare tactically at them. It feels no fear. All right. It will just keep pursuing you. TMD doesn't work. That's tactical mind player deployment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do now have this whip. Yes, you do. Would I be shit with the whip? Uh, You wouldn't be shit. You have uh, decent dexterity, and it gives you an. It has an innate magical bonus, so you wouldn't be complete shit. How many hit points do you have left, Barsias? And how many did you... Enough. Enough, okay. Don't worry about but it. I do have cure wounds, so I could... All right, although you're on top of a hill, so... No, no, no. It was only temporary, so it went down anyway. So you wouldn't be able to cure them back. Uh, okay. Right, fair enough. Uh, right, what do you... Hmm. Should I attack it, or should I scarper and follow Barsias? How fast is the Scarecrow? Uh, you saw it move 15 feet last turn. I think I can predict that it hasn't got any snot. <laughs> Uh, 15 feet. Okay, that doesn't seem a lot. I feel like we've got more, haven't we? We've got 30 feet. Yeah. So we can outrun it. Fuck it, the scarper. Uh, Alright, I will use my... I will bravely run away over here. Um, bravely run away. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll, it's, I'll as you move out of its reach, it's going to go ahead and take a claw attack on you. Yeah. That's a, the only person that can run away from things is me. That's a uh, 20 to hit you. Uh, you take sl- 6 uh, slashing damage, and I need you to go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, incidentally, listeners, uh, the mm. Scarecrow uh, might have been fooled by the illusory dryad disguise, were not it for the fact that Cupboard makes an extraordinarily small dryad. <laughs> uh, I can gain a foot of height. So you're three feet. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not going to do much for you. No, okay, fair enough. I also need you to, so you fail your wisdom save, you are frightened of the Scarecrow. Excellent. Which is fine, because you're running away. Uh, I also need you to make a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on your mind flare. Okay, 14. So your mind flare is still there. Excellent. Well, that's 
good news. Just hang it around. <laughs> Considering <laughs> that it can't do anything to the scarecrow. Uh, I, I, it can distract the scarecrow. I, can I, can I use, um, by the way, I haven't counted out my squares. Um, can I move the maximum number of squares I can away from the dragon? Uh, the dragon? The scarecrow. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and uh, use abstract from now on because I all didn't right. think this through. You run out of um, run out of map. That's yeah, okay. You, um, all right. Do I have enough action points to move the mind flare closer to the scarecrow to try and distract it? Uh, let's go ahead and look at the spell. So it's silent image. Do, 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 do. You can use your action to cause the image to move to any spot within range. So yeah, you can move it anywhere within sixty feet of its original position. Cool. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, I will um, moving it away. That's I will an interesting tactic. I will move it there. Uh, well, I, I, I actually saw that. I'll just move it. I'll just walk it towards the scarecrow like that, and make it do its googly thing with all of its, it's tentacles. Its googly tendril. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Precisely that. Uh, go ahead and uh, make a deception check on the scarecrow. Come on, deception! Brilliant. That's an eight, listeners. Yeah, an eight. The scarecrow. It just doesn't seem focused on this illusory mind flare at all. Damn. Unfortunately. Down, you down. don't know what it is. It just seems laser-focused on these prisoners. All right. It is the Scarecrow's turn. Um, the prisoners have moved away at this point, but you notice that the Gnome prisoner isn't quite as speedy as the others, so he hasn't managed to get <clears throat> as far away. Uh, and as the Scarecrow uh, moves up towards you, Cupboard, uh, it targets the Gnome with its paralyzing gaze. So this poor fellow is going to have to make a roll. And he succeeds, so he is not frightened of the Scarecrow, but it seems like it is uh, focused less on the two of you uh, and more on the prisoners that it was assigned to guard. All right, Barsias. Yep, I think it's time I leapt down off my uh, height advantage and um, clobbered the Scarecrow. I take it I'm no longer in fear of it. You are no longer in fear. Uh, I will go ahead and give Great. you advantage on your first strike for jumping down from a, a height above. To a Batman. Okay. And just to make sure this works, I'm going to use my bardic inspiration. <laughs> can you can you use that twice? I thought of, I thought you could only use that once. Uh, once a turn. Well, because it's going. You use it. For 10 minutes, you use it once, and after you've yeah. used it uh, within those ten minutes, you have to get it again. Right. Okay. Oh, right. Didn't realize. So Sorry. If, if ten minutes okay. passes and you don't use it, then uh, uh -huh. you you just lose it. So right. Go ahead so and make your... I won't use it then. I'll just have to go and clobber the scarecrow. But he's well within my range, so yep. I'll just uh, move myself up to him. And I'll plant myself... Really, I want to be on top of him, but we'll just put myself between him and the prisoners. I'm going to go for the advantage on the attack. So here we go. One. That 19 will definitely hit. Uh, you batter at it with your quarterstaff, and uh, mm -hmm. it's starting to look uh, fairly beat up. You've uh, busted open parts of the flayed skin, and you can see sand starting to spill out of it. It is starting to show signs of wear. Right, I'm going to follow up with my uh, unarmed attack. Go for it. <clears throat> question is, do I want to spend a key point and have two unarmed attacks? If that you is can, the question. If you can immobilize it, it'll make our lives easy. You don't necessarily need to. You don't necessarily need to kill it completely. We just need it to be able to chase us less effectively. Well, I don't know how I would do that. Go for the legs. To be perfectly honest. Go for the legs, That's... maybe. It's not so much yeah, a thing I... in this this version of the game. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to hit it with me on armed strike and hope for the best. That is a nine. Oh, that probably doesn't get it. Yeah, that's not going to... You you that's strike against connect. it, but you are unable to find a, a, a vulnerable location on its body. All right, Cupboard, uh, I believe you are frightened. No, that would have been until the end of the Scarecrow's turn, so you are no longer frightened. <laughs> Excellent. Can't scare me. Uh, right. Are the other prisoners convinced that I'm a dryad? I'm now regretting my decision to disguise myself as a dryad. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, let's go ahead and give the prisoners a common sense roll to figure out what's going on. <laughs> common sense. Drop that spell. I could well, just that's, spell, a, that's a d20 roll of uh, two. And <laughs> I think they're all pretty confused about what's going on. The, the male uh, uh, dwarf prisoner is kind of saying, what the hell is this? Who, who are you? What's happening here? All right, people. Um, I'm not actually a dryad. I, I appreciate that my, um, that my disguise is, is pretty, voice, pretty effective. <laughs> All right, people, listen up. <laughs> I'm not actually a dryad. I'm a candle salesman. 
<laughs> but I'm not trying to sell you candles right now. We just need to scarpa. You, get, you hear me? <laughs> get it? All right, go ahead and make a persuasion check. I accept payment in snot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a 10 persuasion. They were already pretty willing to go along with the rescue, so I'll say they are they are happily to to go along with you and take their chances with this scr- strange tiny dryad, not a dryad. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, let's... You lot, Scarpa! We'll deal with this scarecrow thing. Then I will approach the scarecrow there, and I will... Uh, do I do I have enough points or whatever to hit it with my magic whip? Yes, you do. Uh, in point of fact, the whip has a reach of ten feet. So if oh. you wanted to, you could stay behind Barsias and swipe at this thing with the whip. I will do. I'll stay behind my illustrious barefooted friend, and I will strike with my whip. All right, go for it. Uh, that is a right. ten. Uh, I don't suppose you have anything you can add to it. Like what? The magic of the whip. The, well, uh, he's already it, added the. It's whip the plus one, whip. whatever that means. Oh, right, that's already included. Okay. Yeah. All right, you. I suspect you. you Lash out with this uh, this spiky whip, once owned by a particularly bloodthirsty halfling. Uh, by Sias, did you hit me? You you hear the the familiar Please, crack? Did you hit me? Yeah. No, it doesn't hit you. <laughs> um, but you you hear the crack of the whip as You're it sick, flashes mate. near the scarecrow. Uh, does not hit. Uh, it is the scarecrow's turn. Uh, the scarecrow is kind of giving up on its terrifying glare. It's just not working too well for it, so it's gonna go full. Scarecrow claws on the irritating human that is standing in his way. Did I One not hit it attack. with my whip then? Uh, you did not hit it. You you so. rolled too low on your attack roll. Right. I'm most disappointed you didn't hit me either. <laughs> uh, the scarecrow uh, first attack is an eight that misses. The second attack is a five for, or excuse me, not a five, a fifteen for five slashing damage. And I need another. My, my, I'm defense fifteen. Am I not? Does that defend me? Does it go to the defender? Uh, it goes to the attacker, sadly. Okay, in that case, five damage. Um, do I mark that off there? Yep, yep. Uh, and you uh, go ahead and uh, make another wisdom save. That... Oh, I've been really bad at these so far. You are terrible at them so far. Doesn't look like very good either. Well, that's an 11. That's just enough. You are not frightened. Hey! Scarecrow. All right, it's back around to Barsias again. Okay, we're just going to have to bludgeon this thing until there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. Okay, so quarterstaff... Am I still advantaged? Probably not. Probably not. 24 to oh hit, though, goodness. will definitely do it. Oof, that's a, a hit, a very palpable hit. Very good. Uh, 11 points of damage. Do I need to follow up with an unarmed attack, or have I got it? Uh, you haven't got it yet. Oh, well, in that case, I'll have to follow up with an unarmed, unarmed, uh, unarmed assault and uh, go with the um, foot do- to the uh, face. Very good. That is a 22 to hit. Oh my goodness. Another bunch of damage. Um, are you going to use your flurry of blows? I have another go. Yeah, let's do that. So that Did you another use it last strike. turn? I thought you didn't use it last turn. I didn't use it last turn. Yeah, no, so. I didn't. Do, so this, that's my last key point. Do, right. we, do we know how many hit points the Scarecrow has left? Uh, you do not. Fewer. But I have described it as... Here, here's a little uh, uh, D&D secret speak. Uh, if the DM starts to describe the creature as uh, bloodied, if it looks like it's got pieces coming off or whatever, that's a, a subtle hint to the players that it has half its hit points left. Right, okay, cool. Ah, didn't know that. Uh, but there you go, that, that's that's three hits all over 20, um, dealing a total of 22 points of damage, which will be reduced somewhat, mm-hmm. I imagine. Those are some um, good hits. I, yeah, what's up? That, that, was, that was good. Excellent. Looks like it's still coming. Oh, right. It's just the way it's standing. Uh, cupboard, you are up. What you gonna do? Uh, whip it again, because that Go went spectacularly it. well last time. Yeah, you need to get closer if you want more stabby. Uh, I've got a short. I've got that short sword that I nicked off. Uh, what's the face? What's the chops? And I've got a dagger. I think you might be better off with a magic whip. Yep. All right. I'll magic whip again. I don't know. I mean, all right. That is whip. a fifteen. Uh, I I do like to steal this from Matt Mercer. Uh, cupboard, mm-hmm. as you uh, grab the whip, hold it over your head, and lash out towards the scarecrow. How do you want to kill this thing? Uh, finisher. All right, excellent. Um, is it the, the whip's got metal bits, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got like nasty jagged spikes sticking out of it. Sweet. All right then. Uh, I uh, 
as Cupboard lifts the whip above his head, he seems to grow in stature and the sky darkens <laughs> around him. Uh, his eyes seem to dim to a uh, a midnight ferocity. And, uh, You're behind me. I missed all this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little green bloke standing there shaking a whip around. <laughs> and then he lashes out and the, uh, the metal bits on the whip uh, lash across the scarecrow's uh, flayed skin and, uh, and tear innumerable little holes in it. And uh, the whole thing starts to shred and the sand tumbles out of the, of the widening rents and it just collapses. Yeah, like uh, that scene in the the first Harry Potter film with Professor Quirrell. This this thing uh, gets lashed by the whip, uh, and it's just it starts losing all integrity. The sand is pouring out of these holes that have been uh, torn in it, and as it you know its empty eyes look towards Barsias, they get these this kind of um, almost sad look as it sags and slumps to the the desert sands, motionless. Dust to dust. Dust to dust. There you go. There is your first kill, uh, Cupboard. Hey! I, I, I'm actually really amazed that I've killed anything, in, or, or will have killed anything in this game. I was not expecting to. That worked out That worked out pretty well for you. The, nice. Uh, the magic whip overcame the Scarecrow's resistance to, to weapon damage. So. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, you and the rest of the prisoners flee, uh, and eventually manage to meet back up with Zabidi, and the rest of the... Uh, the benefactors, you've saved three new prisoners and turned these prisoners into travelers, so I will try very hard not to uh, call them prisoners anymore. <laughs> um, we need to take the bindings off them. That's a good point. Because I'm pretty sure I could use them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really concerned by, <laughs> by this, this I'm not sure what he's doing. When All these times when he says he goes off on his own to meditate, I'm concerned about what's actually going on. <laughs> I think you pronounced it wrong. It's flagellate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ideas for getting these bindings off? I've got a, uh, I've got a dagger, just, if that helps. All right. I don't want to ruin them. You know, just untie them. Uh, go ahead and make a sleight of hand check to untie them without cutting yourself. Okay, here we go. Sleight of hand. All right. Uh-oh. Maybe, um, maybe I won't do it. I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, Barsias, you uh, you start pulling at these these uh, these bonds to pull them off the prisoners. Cupboard, you try to help out, but with your six on your sleight of hand, you poke yourself on one of them <laughs> and decide maybe more uh, checking noses for snot is more your thing. Um, you got but... any snot? <laughs> uh, Barsias, with your right fourteen. Now. You do manage to retrieve these uh, thorny vines that these people were bound with. Uh, they are grateful for the rescue. Uh, in appreciation for it, uh, they give you some loot. Ooh. Uh, so uh, the, the gnome, whose stubby little legs were making it hard for him to keep up with you, uh, he hands over um, a, a small uh, glowing orb, and he shows you that... Uh, like when when you look at it, you can always tell which way is north. Nice. Uh, yeah. So you now have one orb. Which way is north? Say what? Which way is north? <laughs> Let's use uh, our orb. We don't know. If you're looking on the map, it'll always be upwards. So you get an orb of direction, and then the two uh, human-sized prisoners, or excuse me, travelers. Dear God, this is really this is going to be a tough thing. It's because you've named them all prisoners. Maybe, you know yeah, what? We need to change that. You're rename them right. Rename After them freed prisoners or something. Taking taking all these uh, tokens and putting them on the map and uh, marking them as prisoner every single time. It's just kind of yeah. yeah. It's not surprising that you keep calling them prisoners, given that that's what they're marked. That's for. a that's a fair point. Uh, the the two um, taller travelers uh, each hand you over a potion of healing. Oh, fantastic! One for each of us. Yep. Yep. No, you take them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take. Them. I'll take and you can take that orb thing. I don't do these possessions. That's skinny. Nonsense. All this loot for cupboard. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's no use to me. Very good. Uh, eventually, uh, Zabidi joins up with the rest of the uh, the travelers, and you all continue on your way. She didn't have any problem then. Nope. She. We did kind of run off and leave her with some dryads and it, or whatever they were. For for all that, it doesn't look like there's so much as a scratch on her. 
I suspect we're somewhat outmatched by the rest of this party. That that could potentially be true. Well, um, uh, we as long do. as the uh, two of you are here and uh, mm-hmm. Angus, or excuse me, uh, Connor and Yana are not, I'd be happy to give you some information about the city you're heading to. Yes, please. Yes, please. That'd be great. From what you uh, managed to gather, from what you already know, and from what you learn over the past as you are walking to the city, uh, the city uh, has uh, kind of it, it's dominated uh, by the absolutely massive uh, Elevar Spire, which is a structure uh, made of glass or crystal or something. The mages aren't quite sure. Uh, just protruding up from the very center of the world and just soars up high into the air, visible for miles and miles around. Uh, nobody knows exactly how high it goes. Some say it goes up to the celestial plane itself, although it narrows to barely visible thinness about three miles up or so. Uh, the spire is illuminated from within by a glowing crystal called the conjoined crystal. Uh, it's actually several crystals floating together within the spire uh, that just constantly shift in color from red to blue to green, uh, causing the spire to just be constantly shifting in hues like a massive magical lava lamp. Uh, which may sound slightly familiar to you from your glimpse at the edge of the world. Yeah, I was just, I was just interesting thinking about. Yeah, uh, not only what we can see over the edge of the world, but um, my rubbing, my, my rubbing, I didn't get your description of that was uh, something coming down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and appearing to strike. Did this tower look anything like that? Uh, you haven't as yet seen the tower yet. Uh, from your descriptions, okay. you're you're not sure. So that's the Elevar Spire. Uh, it is the oldest uh, structure known to exist in the world. Uh, its purpose is a mystery, and how it works is unknown. Uh, but it illuminates the streets of Garadin throughout the night, so the center of the city is basically Times Square in New York City. So uh, Garadin is largely separated into three sections. You have uh, your core city, the inner city, and the outer boroughs. Uh, The core city is the oldest settlement in the world, kind of a site of spiritual pilgrimage for all kinds of religions, uh, just packed on every street with temples, idols, uh, and processions of pilgrims uh, coming to see the conjoined crystal. The streets are narrow, more like footpaths, uh, and the entrance is heavily restricted by the Garadin Guard. Uh, The Garadin Guard uh, are referred to uh, a bit tongue-in-cheek as the Garadin Garrison, uh, or the Gary Garys, or just Garys. (laughs) Uh, the Garys have a uniform, which is basically a set of chain armor with a different colored sash. Uh, depending on the rank of that guard, the colors themselves are a bit of an anachronism. Uh, there was a faith that existed a few thousand years ago that believed the various hues of the conjoined crystal had spiritual value. So those guards that wear warmer colors tend to be lower ranked and vice versa for the, the cold colors. The Garys are most numerous in the core, uh, but you also tend to find a fair number of them in the inner city. Uh, which is incredibly wealthy and uh, much better organized. Streets are wide, paved with cobblestones, full of wealthy mansions, some of them more flashy than others. Uh, general, generally speaking, you have the, the noble's ring, uh, the seller's ring, and the servant's ring, moving ever further out from the center. And it can take a couple of hours to walk from the, the servant's ring to the noble's. Uh, in the noble's ring, the merchants uh, set up stalls along the streets, but those stalls are just heavily, heavily regulated by the city, uh, and sell only the finest merchandise covered. If you ever managed to secure a stall in the noble's ring, you and your booger candles would be probably set up for life. Buildings in the noble's ring tend to go for height, uh, both because horizontal space is at a premium and because it's sort of aspirational. So the taller your mansion, the more you approach the power of the Elevar Spire. Uh, some of these mansions can just get comically tall, and there have been more than a few accidents and collapses in the district where wealthy homeowners got a bit too ambitious. The seller's ring, by contrast, is eminently practical, full of squat, compact buildings that look almost like they're trying to muscle each other out. Um, That said, few buildings are owned by one particular business. Most merchants can only afford a fraction of a building, so you get lots of warehouses that are basically several shops in one, sometimes all the same kind of shop. So maybe in one warehouse you have 15 separate horse stables uh, that are all competing with each other. Uh, These kinds of places... (laughs) tend to be more like upper-class gangs where businesses are constantly trying to sabotage each other. Uh, The closer you get to the noble's ring, though, the more you get regulation that tries to space out similar businesses from each other. As a general rule, the further inward you are, the wealthier and more prestigious you are, and the merchants who inhabit the innermost parts of the ring are some of the wealthiest and most well-known ones in Ivar. Uh, This innermost part is called the Rainbow Band, 
uh, and is split into the carnival quarter, the dining quarter, and the decor quarter, which is largest, uh, and then the notorious arcana quarter. Then you have the servant's ring uh, at the very outer edge. Uh, there's, of course, more poverty than you would find in the seller's ring and the noble's ring, but not as much as you'd think. The streets are mostly well laid out and brightly lit by ever-burning torches and occasionally patrolled by the garys. Uh, you have occasional sections of the ring that have fallen prey to poverty uh, and turned into slums, especially over the last couple of decades. But nobles tend to pay their servants extravagantly well, so this is pretty close to middle-class living Interesting. Uh, in the servants' ring. <clears throat> yeah. And then out past the servants' ring, you have the outer boroughs. And the outer boroughs is just a hair shy of being basically a massive refugee camp. Uh, just a complete hodgepodge of huts, tents, and towering mansions, uh, hastily assembled by nobles that fled from their ruined cities and couldn't get into the nobles' ring. Streets are of varying widths and are seldom straight lines. Criminal enterprises are all over the place, and beggars are just absolutely everywhere. Merchants we'll be right at home. Say what? We'll be right at home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, the merchants from the seller's quarter uh, have to hire what are basically armored caravans to bring food and supplies uh, through to the outer city. Uh, and those caravans are often attacked by gangs, so they've gotten something of a ruthless reputation among the locals. So it's not unusual for the guards of a caravan uh, passing through the outer city to just randomly pick beggars and just beat them up as a warning to any potential attackers. Uh, so uh, even normal pedestrians have learned to clear out whenever a convoy is coming through. There are just politically, there are quite a lot of politicians and ordinary citizens in the inner city who despise the outer residents and would happily see them wiped off the map. So in a way, Garadin is sort of a microcosm for Ivar as a whole, as the world keeps on contracting. Yeah. Is there such a thing as a library? There are definitely libraries. Uh, you would find uh, some of the more prestigious one in the nobles ring. Uh, and then you would find uh, kind of the more academic of sorts, probably more in the Arcana Quarter. Is the, um, and if I was to be looking for the Archmage, where would I find him? Uh, I've marked it on the map that you can see in the World 20, but the Archmage uh, has a tower in the uh, Noble's Ring, uh, mm -hmm. close to the Arcana Quarter, kind of between it and the Decor Quarter. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, only go, go Tom. Is, um, is the, the Spire square? Uh, it, is, it is not. It is on the, uh, the map because built the map badly, but it should not be. <laughs> it should not be square. Um, the the spire is, it's it starts out uh, circular, and then it narrows, and it just goes to up a point. kind of yeah. conical. Anyone ever claimed the spire? Uh, nobody has claimed the spire, although there have been wars that have been no, fought no, over. No, claimed, claimed. Oh, climbed the spire. That <clears> would be a bit of a challenge. Uh, there are definitely people who have tried, uh, but the, the surface of it is smooth. There's no way to really gain purchase on it. So it, it's been tried, but it hasn't really been done. Can anybody, uh, has anybody managed to damage it? Has anybody managed to, um, I don't know. Not like... at least a thousand years. Okay. Has it ever sustained damage? Uh, not to anyone's knowledge. So it's completely blemishless. Whether it's diamonds or some kind of magically enhanced glass or something, there's no sign of any flaw on it, natural or otherwise. So the next stupid question is, does it terminate on the ground or does it go into the ground, through the ground, and beneath the ground? <laughs> yeah, how deep does it go? How deep, is, how deep is, have people... Uh, you ask around and you're not sure. The, uh, the the notion of an underground to the city doesn't seem to be widely discussed. People, you know, you ask people and it's just something they've never particularly thought about. Maybe they haven't particularly thought to ask that question. There doesn't seem to be any... You would think, because especially with the uh, space now being a, a concern within the city itself, you would think that there would be some kind of underground development, but you haven't heard mention of it at all. We'll have to investigate that, I think, at some point. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. Is there... Anything else you all have questions about? Uh, not right now. I think you've done a sterling job, and I will no doubt think of some more questions for next time. Much I have plenty of questions, but all relate to the metaphysics of the universe. So <laughs> <laughs> they all relate to what we're doing here on the spinning orb. <laughs> we will be back next week. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you.